Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. And there was a leaders' debate uh, a couple of nights ago in Quebec. There's more leaders' debates coming up next week. English language, French language coming up. Maxime Bernier and the People's Party are not going to be part of them. So, Mr. Bernier, before founding the People's Party of Canada, was elected. little history lesson for you here. They were elected to a parliament in 2006 as a Conservative Party member, served as Minister of Industry, and later as Canada's Foreign Minister. In August of 2018, he did form the People's Party of Canada. The party, and I've looked at the polling over the last numbers of days, polling in the 4 to 6 percent range nationally, ahead of the Greens. Uh, but what's the rationale for the People's Party of Canada? No seats in parliament. And Mr. Bernier lost his own in Quebec City in 2019, a national political party, but why should Canadians consider voting for the People's Party of Canada? He's not invited to the uh, leaders' debates, but we've invited him to this program, as we did prior to the 2019 election. Mr. Bernier, how are you doing? Yeah, it's great. Thank you for that invitation. Yeah, it's good It's good to talk to you again. Um, let me get right at this. How many candidates are you running across the country? 312 candidates. It is more than the NDP, I think. The NDP, uh, not the NDP, sorry, the Green they are at 2.40, so it, it's going well. And nine, we have a candidate in uh, 92% of the, the ridings across the country. So you're going to hear it, and you have heard it. You won no seats in 2019. You lost your own, which you had easily won as a conservative candidate for years. Do you think there really is a realistic chance for the People's Party of Canada electing an MP on the 20th of September? Absolutely, and I believe it will start by myself. Uh, it's uh, it's tied my writing right now. If you look at the public polls, and uh, I believe that I can win back that writing, but not only I won't be alone. I believe that all across the country we can have a couple of candidates that can be elected. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, we are growing, and more and more people are coming. And I believe that uh, people are fed up with uh, the COVID hysteria, and they want to go back to their lives before COVID-19. And that would be an important question for this election. Actually, Justin Trudeau said when he when he launched the election that he, he wanted to be judged on the way that he managed uh, the uh, COVID-19 crisis. And uh, I agree with him on that for sure. People will vote because they want to gain back their freedoms. Um, if you were participating in the debate, the upcoming two debates in French and in English, and I'd like to see you there because I know you would be very effective at it. What would you specifically challenge the prime minister on? What would be the the first two or three points that you'd want to make? Well, the first one would be, you know, he is the the most divisive prime minister minister in our history. And now he's saying that, you know, uh, unvaccinated people are dangerous. Uh, They put their kids at risk. Uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, actually, I, we believe in freedom. We believe in freedom of choice. We're not anti-vaccine. Uh, We're not anti-mask. Everybody must be able to decide if they want to have the, the vaccine or not. But what he, when he's telling that to Canadians, he said that to Canadians because um, he said that uh, unvaccinated people can spread the virus. And he's right on that. But what he, he doesn't say is that uh, vaccinated people also based on science, based on the last study, everybody can spread the virus. Why doing a discrimination and segregation in the population? I'm going to tell them that my goal is to unite Canadians under the freedom umbrella. So uh, under, under you, there would be no vaccine passports? 
Oh, absolutely. No vaccine passport, no mask mandate. Uh, the economy will be reopened. And uh, we actually look in, in, in Alberta right now, uh, 70% of the population uh, is uh, vaccinated and they opened the economy. Uh, in other countries, they did the same thing. People must be free to decide. Uh, I don't want to live in a society where I will have to show my papers. And actually, we have a vaccine passport now in Quebec. It's in force. It will be enforced in Ontario. And we have vaccine uh, passport because of uh, Trudeau also. Mr. Trudeau said to provinces, he's ready to give a billion dollars that we don't have to uh, give them the money to be able to implement a vaccine passport. It's going on, on against our charter of rights, against our freedom. It's divisive. Uh, we must stop that. We were not a communist society where you have to show your papers every time that you want to participate in the in the civil society. Monsieur Bernier, you know um, Julius Gray, do you not? Sorry, you know Mr. Julius Gray, the civil yeah, li- civil rights lawyer in Montreal, Julius Gray. Yeah, yeah I know him. Yeah, uh, yeah. he was on my program uh, earlier today. And he talked about uh, the vaccine and the passports. And he said, yes, there's a, there's a concern that there could be a, a charter issue. But he said there's also charter override. And the courts would, in fact, rule with the government on this particular issue. We also talked to doctors. And I spoke with physicians uh, regularly uh, earlier today as well who very much support the issue of the vaccine and point out that without vaccination, the ICUs, the hospitals of this country are going to be straining at the, at the seams to take care of the needs of the unvaccinated when they, when they contract COVID. Are those doctors wrong? They have their point of view. There's other doctors that are saying that, that the opposite, you know. Um, you know, the Burlington Declaration, three imminent doctors said in the beginning of that pandemic that we must protect the most vulnerable people, and we didn't do that in Canada. 80% of our deaths are coming from people uh, that were more than 80, 75 years old. Uh, we would just have to do that and reopen the economy. I understand that these doctors have a point of view. What I don't like is we cannot hear the other point of view. And there's other doctors across the country and globally that believe that we can fight that virus, yes, by being vaccinated, but also there's other medication that can be used. I'm not a doctor. I won't speak about medication. I'm speaking about our rights. And our rights, we must have the right to go to a restaurant without having to show a paper. It's discrimination. You know, I won't be able to go on a plane after the election because I decided not to have the vaccine, because I decided that I look at the data in Canada, a man 58 years old, my chances of dying from COVID is 0.5%. I said the statistics are on my side. I have 99.5% chances of surviving. So it would be a huge discrimination against me, against me and other people. And during the the um, uh, civil rights crisis in the 1960s in the U.S., a black person was able to go on the bus, in the bus, but they had they told them or that person to sit at the back of the bus. Me, as a white man, I won't be able to be on a plane. That's discrimination. We must fight that. And that's why a lot of people are angry about Justin Trudeau. That's why they express that. And I okay, understand okay. their point of view. Right. They have the right to express their point of view. Okay. Now, you say that doctors have a point of view. That's more than a point of view. I don't want to get caught up on this COVID, this, the whole segment with you on COVID. But it's more than a point of view. It's medical research. It is, it is more than a point of view. And you talk about the Barrington Declaration. I've had Dr. Jay Bhattacharya on this program twice. 
it's not like we don't talk about the uh, the the issues that are are challenging, but it's more than a point of view, and you know that, Mr. Bernier. You know that it's more than a point of view. It's based on science. Look at the science. Why forcing everybody to be vaccinated? Young people under 18 years old. We had 15 people. But nobody's being forced to be vaccinated. No, no. Listen to me. There's 15 15 people under 20 years old that die with COVID with other comorbidities in Canada. That's our statistic in Canada, coming from Statistic Canada, on 27,000 people who die from COVID. Younger people are more at risk to die for the seasonal flu than COVID-19. So why trying always to push that? It's immoral. It's immoral and unconstitutional and illegal also to force okay. people to take a vaccine if they don't All want right. to. Let's get away from COVID. Talk about some other issues that, and your position in the party, your People's Party, is, is position on them. Healthcare, just fundamental healthcare. What do you do about that? Yeah, we, we are the only party that will fix that because healthcare is a, is a provincial jurisdiction. So we must respect the Constitution. And what we must do, the federal government, as you know, spend $41 billion, sorry, $41 billion that they are giving to provinces for healthcare. We won't do that. We won't give money to provinces for health care. We'll do better than that. We, the GST, the money that is going to the federal government, it's $41 billion a year. We will give them the GST. So provinces will have the means to their responsibility. They will be able to raise money for health care. And now Canadians will know who to blame for a lack of services in healthcare. Now they don't know. Is it the federal government because the federal government is not uh, is not giving enough money to provinces? Or is it the province because they don't know how to manage their healthcare system? Ottawa does not manage one hospital, so we must give them the way to raise money for healthcare. And like that, they will decide. The provincial government will decide if they want to put more money in healthcare or if they want to have maybe another kind of system where you have more competition, like in Sweden and other countries that are doing better than us because everybody has a universal coverage, but they can choose if they want to go to a private hospital or a public one. So let's put more competition in the system, but that won't come from us at the federal level. Provinces will have to do that, or they will put more money in the system again and again. Okay. So the solution is to respect the Constitution and give them all the money from the GST. So that's uh, that's the best way to have uh, real changes uh, for for health care. Okay, we have about five minutes. So I'll ask you for some brief responses to these major issues that Canadians are concerned about. The economy and balancing the budget. What do you yeah, recommend? So balancing- yeah, balancing the budget, we won't do like O'Toole and Trudeau. Both of them are saying the budget will balance itself. O'Toole said that it will balance the budget in 10 years without cut. That's ridiculous. What we'll do, we'll be responsible. Our first mandate, we will cut all the promises that these political politicians are telling you today. We will cut all that during the campaign. We don't have money. We are, we are broke. We need to balance the budget in four years. And after that, we'll lower taxes. How are we going to do that? We'll cut the CBC $1.2 billion. We'll cut also corporate welfare. We can save 5 to $10 billion there. We will cut foreign aid. We can save $5 billion there. But Canada will be there if there's a humanitarian crisis somewhere or an environmental disaster. But it is not our role to build roads in Africa and fight, fight climate change in Africa. So we can balance the budget in four years and we'll do it.
What do you do about the energy sector? Because there are billions and billions and billions of dollars waiting to come into this country, into the economy, and fuel our social programs. But under the Trudeau government, the energy sector has been kneecapped. Absolutely. First of all, uh, the ban on the uh, on the West Coast on the uh, the uh, tankers, the, what, tankers. Thank you, our tankers. We will won't do that anymore. We will build pipelines. It will be easy to build pipelines in this country if the federal government uh, use constitution. We have in our constitution a section ninety two ten, and when you use that, actually, we used it more than one hundred times since consolidation to build national infrastructure. So when you use that clause in the constitution, you are saying that this pipeline is for the, the interest, the national interest of our country. We can do that and we'll, we'll allow that. I believe that in 2021, you can build pipelines that would be safe for the environment and safe for the population. So we are saying yes to pipeline, contrary to O'Toole and the other, uh, the other parties. And also, we won't sign the Paris Accord. We won't impose a carbon tax. The environment is a shared, is a shared jurisdiction with provinces. We'll let provinces deal with it if they want to deal with it. For us, we'll do more, more important concrete actions for the environment, like clear lakes and, and clear waters that we don't have in this country in some places. So no carbon tax, no Paris Accord, yes to pipeline. Indigenous issues, reconciliation. Traditional politicians are telling you that uh, in this country there's systemic racism. There's no systemic racism. Yes, some Canadian can be racist like in other countries. What the systemic racism that we have in this country is the Indian Act. The Indian Act is based on race. We must abolish that. We will abolish it. We'll have a new relationship with our First Nation based on property rights, based on respect. And actually, next Saturday, I'll be in Edmonton. I'll do a press conference with four of our candidates that are Métis and First Nation, and we will give more detail to our policies for the to our policy for the First Nation. All right. So you're in Western Canada now. What about the equalization formulas? That is a contentious issue, and if the economy struggles, you and I both know it's going to become even more contentious. What about equalization? Well, it is right now. I believe, and I know that there's a Western alienation. People in Western Canada are fed up with the federal government and with Ottawa, and they want to have more autonomy in their province. We will do that because respecting the Constitution, you give more autonomy to every province. And actually, in Alberta, Saskatchewan, they will be able to have their police force if they want, if they want and all the other uh, jurisdiction uh, and power that Quebec has right now. More autonomy to provinces. And asking your question about the equalization, we are the only national party that will change equalization formula because that formula is not fair to be less generous yes i repeat less generous because since 1957 that formula exists has been started in 1957 and since since that time quebec is a poor province and quebec received equalization money i said 12 years ago that mm-hmm. I'm not proud to be a Quebecers. I said that in French in Quebec when we receive equalization money. So if we are less generous, we'll give the right incentive to Quebec and Atlantic Canada to develop their own natural resources. Okay. There's a lot of shells out there. So okay. we have a solution for that. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. 
And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.